and you're good. Good morning. Good to see each and every one of you out here. We're at, uh, you're listening on WTFM. We're out here, we have an outdoor stage here at Fountain of Life Bible Church, and I'm looking around some beautiful, beautiful people on the hillside. I tell you what, ever since this, uh, this lockdown situation, I have missed uh, being around people. Well, I have been around Linda, so you know, I guess that, that counts, that constitutes uh, people, but uh, I don't know if she would agree with me on that, but nevertheless, like I heard somebody say the other day, they said one one or two things is going to happen, or three things rather. There's going to be after it's over, there's going to be a lot of divorces, a lot of pregnancies, or a lot of fat people. So I, I think <laughs> I can understand that with everybody locked down like this. But it is good to be here at fellowship. Son, would you hand that stick to me there? I want to show you something in case you forgot. This stick here is exactly six feet tall. Six feet tall. So if you would stay six feet away, now I know your family, that don't count. But if you're six foot, don't know what six foot is, if somebody's told you how to measure wrong, that's six foot right there. And that's my stick right there. And uh, after service, if you get that close to me, I'm going to poke you with my six foot stick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we want to quit, so I don't want to have to take that away from you and hurt you there. But. Uh, we just want everybody to be safe. I did a stupid, stupid thing yesterday. I'm going to share this with you. In case uh, <clears throat> you do something stupid. So Lynn and I went for a ride on the motorcycle yesterday. We just pulled out of the driveway. We got to the red light in gray. And she was on her bike. I was on my bike. And this fella on a, another motorcycle, he pulled up beside me. He said, Vic, and I didn't recognize I don't know who he is to this day. He said, uh, I need you to come with me. So... I took off and followed him. We were going down the road here in Gray, and uh, he made a turn and got up there, and there was about five or six other motorcycles of people. And so I pulled up, we got off the bike. He said, we need you to pray for us. I said, well, sure. So I got off the bike, and I went over there. Now, you got to remember, I've been a full-time pastor 45 years. And in 45 years, every time somebody says, I want you to pray with me, I'll take their hand. What did I do here with this lockdown? Don't shake hands, nothing like that. I, I grabbed hold of everybody's hand right there and had prayer with them. So I just praying, uh, Lord, I hope there was somebody there that uh, uh, might be passing on this virus. But just all it takes is one second to mess up. So don't do like this old man did and uh, make a big stupid mistake like that. My wife was there and she reminded me just how stupid it was. Call to worship this morning is Acts 20, starting verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise, speaking of perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. May God bless that reading, the hearing of eternal hearts. The prayer requests I have uh, this morning, Kenny and Fran Glass and family, Kim Penix, Murph, Ginger and Troy Hood, Pam Smith, P.T. Glover, Angie, Jacob Slagle, and Jackie, Jackie and Rhonda Timon. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence. Thank you for this beautiful day, for this is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let everything that's said and done here today be well-pleasing in your sight. We pray, Father God, that indeed that you would touch each one of these special prayer requests. And Father, we know your word tells us that you know our need even before we speak it. I know, those, I know there's so many people on this hillside and people who are listening who have their own special prayer requests. And I know, Father God, right now, you know the minute detail of each concern. And so we lift those up to you. Pray for your touch, your healing, your direction, your decision-making. We pray, Father God, that indeed you would be the Lord of our lives. God, our service today, be glorified and magnified. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and all of God's children said. Amen and amen. Uh, just a few announcements. Next Sunday, if you don't know, is Mother's Day. So guys, in case you didn't know that, I gave you a heads up. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Now here's, here's the plan for FLBC. If it's pretty, which I heard, Fog told me it wasn't supposed to be, but uh, if it is pretty, we're going to do it the same way next week. If not, uh, it's going to get dicey. I, I want to be inside, but it, we're going to have to require everybody to have a mask, maybe even gloves. We're going to have somebody to take temperature, all that sort of thing. So it'll be more complicated. So let's pray if it's pretty like this that uh, we can be out here again. Because uh, this is really nice out here today. We, uh, we've had this uh, stage out here for many years and haven't used it that much. <coughs> I was just telling Bernie and Rita, I'll be so glad when we get back into church and the praise team can do the music because I, I get so nervous doing this, but I just go back to what God's Word tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, that when you come together, there needs to be a hymn, there needs to be a song, there needs to be the sharing of the Word of God. So my thing or purpose is to make a joyful noise. And uh, my mom's sitting over here to tell you I haven't been able to make noises all my life. Bye. 
so bright Must be sad that you can't see Feel his presence Anybody remember Dion? You do? Okay, so I just saw the hands of all the old people. <laughs> Dion had some really uh, great songs. Uh, Run Around Sue, all those. He was one of the, one of the bebop way back when. Uh, late 50s, early 60s group. And uh, Anyway, Dion uh, gave his life over to the Lord. He has several God, contemporary Christian albums out. And they're really good. Uh, of course, you have to go to YouTube to find them. Uh, a lot of the Christian music I do is from back during the time when, when I came to know the Lord and what was called the Jesus Movement. And what I like about that is the fact that um, back then, as before the big record companies bought out the smaller Christian recording companies. And back then, it seemed like Christian music, it just really came from the heart. You could really discern the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it. Then the big record producer and companies took it over. And there are some good Christian, contemporary Christian songs that are out. For example, I mean, you know, we played, uh, I believe it was last Sunday uh, for an invitation. Uh, I can only imagine. It's a beautiful song. But it seems to me, and of course, I'm, I'm an old dude, that so much of today's contemporary Christian music sounds like elevator music. And it just, I just, I just don't have the same. It's sort of like a, a, an old song that... Uh, uh, today's rock and roll don't have the same soul and to me that's the way contemporary Christian music is uh, and it's just like a lot of churches uh, I just I, a lot of churches are doing what I call 7-Eleven songs and they get into a sanctuary or wherever and they take seven words and they sing it 11 times and uh, there's just no heart or soul to it but anyway I want to share this song with you if I don't mess it up uh, I was watching on YouTube, Dion even messed it up one time, so if I mess it up, it won't be that big a deal. But this is a song he wrote. I'd like to write for you a song of songs, convince you all that you should come along, but I'd probably never ever live that long. Jesus died for you. I sit around and I make up clever lies. 
sing about as they dance through my mind. But sweeter love than his, you're never gonna find. Jesus died for you. You see, the best thing I can tell you is God loves you. I can say that from my heart, I know it's true. The best thing I can tell you is God loves you. And he said his only son has living proof. I could talk all night till I'm blue in the face. Present my argument, state my case. But I'd rather tell you people about his wondrous grace. Jesus died for you. I could talk about theology, get into some deep philosophy. But it all comes down to what he's done on Calvary. Jesus died for you. You see, the best thing I can tell you is God loves you. I can say that from my heart, I know it's true. The best thing I can tell you is God loves you. And he sent his only son that has lived through. See, the best thing I can tell you is God loves you. I can say that from my heart, I know it's true. The best thing I can tell you is God loves you. And he sent his only son that's living through. Yes, he There you go. Like I said, you need to go to YouTube and look up some of Dion's... Uh, music man he, it'll surprise you if you like if you're an old rock and roll or whatever he had some good songs out i'm trying to get this guitar put up i don't don't drop it there put my la chapeau on let my uh spend time working down in haiti and if you speak a little bit of french why well, you can get by uh, let me move this chair out of the way in case those are listening i don't know what i'm doing and uh, if you have your Bible with you, I'd like to follow along. I want to start reading out of Galatians chapter 1. But before I read this to you, I want to share something with you. Here recently, of course, we all know about the pandemic and the uh, coronavirus and what have you. And uh, Bernie and I were talking earlier. I have heard everything under the sun. I had a fellow from California yesterday uh, send me a video about a fellow that uh, has all this facts that it's all a big hoax, that none of this happened. Uh, then you get people who are trying to say all the time that, uh, uh, well, it's a big communist takeover. You hear everything. Whatever you want to believe, there is a story out there somewhere. It gets, it gets aggravating after a while. It really does. Uh, Matt was asking me, he said, Dad, we hear that people say it's, it's a hoax, it's no big deal, but uh, you have other people say this. And one thing I do know, whatever you think, now you, you realize this, since the 1st of March, in two months, 65,000 people in the United States have died. So if it's a hoax, it's a, it's a daggone big hoax. But uh, not only that, but sometimes it's an extreme. I'm concerned about our country, that I know that there are 
far-left liberals who will take advantage of it just to take power and to push uh, the, the uh, ideology of socialism and take power. And so we have to be careful about that. But I told my son, I said, look, son, here's the bottom line. Pray about it. Ask God about it. Now, I know personally I'm a, a, a poster boy candidate for those who get it to, to croak. I've got high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, asthma, you name it. <laughs> uh, 66 years old, I am the poster child. Of, in fact, I think if I get it, I'm just going to call the family and say bye. <laughs> it just, it just, it's, so the point is for me, I said, look, I'm staying six feet away until you screw up like I did yesterday and grab people's hands. Wear a mask and all that. If you don't want to, that's, that's your prerogative, but at least for other people, do it, you know. Uh, Matt said he was reading on the internet yesterday that some woman said she was in the store. I don't know if it's around here. I think he said it's around here. And she had her mask on and people were lined up to buy their stuff. And uh, said this one guy kept moving in closer to her and she was trying to move out of the way and said he finally said, I'll be glad when all these idiots wearing these masks get out of the way. <laughs> I told Matt, I said, I'm glad I wasn't there. I said, I think I turned to him and said, well, I'm wearing my mask because I'm afraid you're going to see it be contagious. So, you know, <laughs> if you don't want to wear it, that's your business. But God's Word says, esteem others greater than yourself. And uh, granted, it's, it's on the downhill side of the curve. But here about two weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, I hear a lot of things, particularly as a pastor who is a bibliocentric pastor. I believe the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, infallible authoritative, sufficient, efficient Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And there's a lot of people who are taking Scripture and twisting it. In fact, as God's Word tells us in 1 Peter, those who are unstable and unlearned, who twist Scripture to their own destruction. There's a fellow by the name of Kenneth Copeland. Uh, he's been on TV for years. He's a peace and prosperity kind of preacher. About two weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it, Kenneth Copeland said that he was going to take power over uh, the coronavirus, and he said that he was going to blow it away from the United States, and it wouldn't be here no more. And it's on video. You can check it out. And it shows him puckering up and blowing it. He said, it's gone. He's blowed it all away. Well, there are 65,000 families that like to disagree with him on that. But he's, one of, he's got a big following. He's got, he's one of, it just... It absolutely amazed me. I want to read to you here in Galatians chapter 1, starting with verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For, I do not, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Let's go to the Lord for just another moment word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, do we come into your holy presence. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your holy, inspired work. God, is this day in this service that your will would be made uh, uh, personified and let us receive your holy word by God the Holy Spirit in our hearts. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Uh, 
in the 45 years I've been a pastor, there's not much that I haven't seen in, uh, in regards to church movements. Uh, many years ago, there was the charismatic movement, which came out of a lot of the Pentecostal movement. But let me give you just a little bit of history. In 1865, there was a fellow born by the name of Phineas Quimby. Phineas Quimby was uh, pretty much the uh, uh, establisher of what is called the Word of Faith movement. But here's what Quimby believed. He was one of the followers and helped propagate what's called a new thought. New thought. Now, like I said before, folks, anything I tell you, don't take my word for it. Look it up. And Phineas Quimby was teaching what's called new thought. And what he was doing was t propagating the heretical teaching that if you can conceive it, you can receive it. Now, if you watch Copeland, Hagen, all these people, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so, you have people like Phineas Quimby, and then you have a man who took up his writings, his readings, by the name of E.W. Kenyon. Kenyon. And E.W. Kenyon had really saturated this type of teaching with Scripture that they have taken out of context. Scripture that is not what the Bible says. And that supposedly they had this great revelation on how to interpret Scripture. In fact, they themselves were constantly adding to the Word of God. And to this day, the Copelands and the Hagans and the Seville's and the Crefo Dollars and all that, they'll preempt a lot of things that they'll say that they had a vision from God. And so therefore what they're doing is putting their opinions and their teachings on a level basis with what the Word of God says. See how dangerous that is? And so we see so many of these prosperity, uh, Francis Schaeffer said years ago, that if you want to build a big church fast, all you have to do is preach peace and prosperity. And people, let me tell you, there are a number of churches that are growing in this area and that are starting up that have incorporated, you've heard me talk about, and I've written uh, numerous papers and books on what's called the emergent church, and seeing this same type of thing, this new thought metaphysical thinking that is, goes all the way back to the 1800s, as I said before, that E.W. Kenyon borrowed. And when you talk about E.W. Kenyon, then you have a man by the name of Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Hagen, I know if you watch any of the Christian, uh, like Trinity broadcast or whatever, You'll see teachings from Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Cope, and all that. I'm telling you, people, do not take my word for it. These people are treading on very dangerous ground. They take Scripture out of context, context to make it mean what they want it to mean. In fact, God's Word tells in the book of Revelation, anybody who takes away from the writings of this book, let his name be taken out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Anybody who adds to the writing of this book, let the plagues in this book be added unto him. And so you see, see uh, people like Benny Hinn uh, who are doing this. He waves his coat at people and they fall over and all this sort of thing. Well, let me tell you something. I know a fellow that he, uh, in fact, I know uh, Frog Nelms here knows him real well. He uh, went down to, I think it's Greenville, South Carolina, to work one of the, the shows there, just like these guys who work, set up stuff uh, up here at Freedom Hall, whatever. And they were do uh, Benny Hinn was going to do a big presentation in Greenville, South Carolina. And so they were setting up, and he said, Vic, I'm telling you, I saw this firsthand. He said they were bringing people around the back who were in wheelchairs or whatever, or they, they weren't in wheelchairs, and he said they were prompting them when they called, when they got in line first, 
come up there and they, they went through the act of showing healing. He said, I saw it firsthand. He said, we were there while they were preparing for it. I saw it firsthand. This is nothing new. Nothing new. They have been bogus prophets, bogus preachers, which is like God's Word says from the very beginning. He said, there will be wolves that rise up among you. Let me read to you here, uh, again here in Acts chapter 20, starting with verse 3. Take heed therefore unto yourselves unto all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. So ministers such as myself, we are told, in fact, we, we see it so clearly, clearly in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, reprove those who are teaching evil. Reprove or, or, or uh, expose those who are teaching bogus teachings. And uh, I'd recommend if you want to get into this deal, there's a lot of good books you can read. For example, one of the best is by a Christian Research Institute called Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin. And a, uh, Hank Hanegraaff, who is out of Charlotte, North Carolina, has written a number of books exposing the heresy, the danger. You see, God's Word told us, as we read earlier, if anybody comes up with another gospel, let him be accursed. And so what these, what these uh, uh, bogus wolves are doing, they, uh, they want your money, first off. Your prayer will really be heard if you include a $10 bill in it. There are those, I'm sure you've heard on TV, who uh, for a certain amount of money they will send you a cloth that's been prayed over and that has uh, oil of anointing on it. If you send someone... These are shysters, people. They take advantage of people who are in dire straits, who are going through a terrible situation. Let me give you an example. There's a husband and wife team. Uh, it's called Larry, and her name was called Lucky. Larry and Lucky. And they wrote a book called We Killed Our Son. And here's what happened. They were at their church, their home church. There was a visiting evangelist who came through and he was one of these word of faith preachers. That you have, if you believe God, you have to do this, that, and the other if you have faith. <clears throat> now one of the earmarks of this type of teaching is if it don't work, they have a way out. Apparently you didn't have enough faith. They had a son who was a diabetic. And so they had faith that God was going to heal their son. They just knew it. And they were told that you need to stop giving him insulin. You need to stop giving him insulin. And you've got to believe. You've got to name it. You've got to claim it. You've got to act as though God has already done it. And stop giving him insulin. He slid into a diabetic coma. They said, that's all right. We believe God. God's going to bring him out of it. He died. But they didn't stop there. God is going to resurrect him. We know he's going to resurrect They wouldn't let him bury him for a number of days afterwards. And they were uh, charged with child neglect and abuse. That's pitiful. That is, and it happens more times than you realize. Perhaps you've seen cases like this on the news. You see, here, here's the, the, the thesis on that. And listen to me closely. God's Word tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, what that means is this. Let's say, for example, uh, my sister Linda here, she's sitting over here. Let's say, God forbid, she had diabetes. Now, if all of a sudden she took that same kind of teaching, 
She said, I believe God's healed me. I prayed for it. I believe in my heart. I've got faith that God has healed me. She said, I believe it so much, I'm going to stop taking my insulin. But she's going to die. But you see what she did? She had faith in her actions. She thought by doing that, God would have to heal her. She basically thought she was twisting God's arm that if I do this, God, you've got to do that. You see, that she, she would have faith in her faith and not faith in God. Now, do I believe God can heal? Yes, I do. Do I believe in many of the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. But I do know that there are wolves in among God's sheep. I do know that there are people who are spreading lies and abuses. And there are people who are going through financial trouble. People who are going through sicknesses. Just like Kenneth Copeland last, last couple of weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this virus away. Well, he better keep puckering because so far it's, it's still around. And then he had not had a whole, lot of, a whole lot of success in this. But when you have faith in your faith, you don't have faith in God. God's Word tells us in James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and you receive not because when you ask, you ask amiss to heave it up on your own lusts. What we need to do is pray and ask God, what is your will for me? You don't dictate to God, but you see, the word of faith people, they take that same verse we quoted a little while ago in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And here's what Kenneth Hayden, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, all of them, here's what they say. It says right there that faith is the substance. Faith is a stuff. Faith is something that's tangible because it says the substance. And so when you have the power of the word of faith, you have that substance. It's a power, a substance that's in you to make manifest the things that you can dream up or what you want. I just go to show the ignorance of these people because when you look in, in the original language, substance is, was, was a King James translation. The proper translation was assurance. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, of the things not seen. That's what it means. But these ignorant and unstable people, as Peter wrote in his epistle, take scripture and twist it to their own destruction. Case in point, in Psalm 37, God's word said, If you will delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. Man, that's awesome, isn't it? Delight yourself in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. And man, these word of faith people, they gobble that up. And so they claim it. Only one trouble with that. Listen to what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will place the proper desires in your heart. It's not your carnal desires, as James 4 says, you ask, and you have not because you ask amiss. To heap it upon your own flesh, your carnality. But when you ask and you delight yourself in the Lord, He will put the proper request, the proper desire, so that you will have faith in the proper desire. If you have indwelt the engrafted Word of God, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you have digested the word of God without the bogus influence of these word of faith shysters, you won't have to search a long time 
to know what God's will is. And if you get sick, these people say apparently you just did not have enough faith. It's your problem. What happens? So many Christians become shipwrecked. So many people who believed it, who went forward, who followed these evangelists all over the country, when it did, when the healing or whatever their need was did not manifest, they walk away thinking, God doesn't love me, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. They become shipwrecked Christians. When in reality they heard a bogus, biased message. The pastor of the world's largest church, I don't know if it still holds that title or not, the pastor of the world's largest church in Seoul, South Korea is Dr. Paul Young-ji Cho. Where does that his doctorate from? I can only imagine. Paul Young-ji Cho. And these word of faith people, remember, if you can conceive it, if you can conceive it, you can receive it. In other words, you dream it up, you just have to, it, it's the spoken word. Because God spoke and He created, they said, therefore, listen to this, you look this up. We are little gods ourselves. We don't need God to do anything for us. All we need to do is speak it into existence just like God spoke this world to exist. We just have to dream it and receive it and speak it into existence. And this lady in Cho's church, she was wanting a husband. She was wanting a husband. And he, she, he told, uh, she told Dr. Cho, she said, I'm going to pray for a husband. He said, that's great, but you need to be specific because you have to dream it up. And he called it the fourth dimension. You know, the rest of the world only knows there's three dimensions. But he said there's a fourth dimension. And you, you, have to, you have to be explicit what you want. He said, how tall the husband do you want? He said, six foot. He said, got to be six foot. He said, uh, do you want him Asian, European, American? She said, I want European. And she went on down the list. So what would you like in his hobbies? And so she went right down the list. He said, now I want you to take that list and every day you thank God for that husband. Even though you don't have him in your life, you will have him, but you've got to thank him for that because, listen to this now. Here, here's a verse they, they base this on. In Romans chapter 4, verse 11, God's Word says, He calls those things which are as though they are not. They go, oh, wow. So in other words, even though you don't see what you've been praying for, you just believe that it's already manifest. In other words, he told this woman, he said, I believe you already had that husband. He just hadn't showed up at the door yet. Go ahead and thank you for that husband. A six foot tall European has all these different hobbies and a good income and everything. I was scared to death Matt was going to read Cho's book and put down uh, that Gal Gadot. But uh, Tanya said she ain't going to show up at your door no matter how much you visualize that. In fact, you need to get that off your mind right away. In any event, uh, they, they, they believe that you speak this into existence. In fact, Cho, when you look closer, Cho will even admit that he got this concept from the Buddhists and the Shintoists. In other words, what they're teaching is pure shamanism. Shamanism is the witch doctor. The shaman is, is, is the one who deals in the metaphysical, whether it's in, with the occult, the cult. This is the shaman. Even the shaman goes back to that new thought. This isn't anything new. That they believe in the spoken, the power in the spoken word. Let me tell you something. When I buy Christian books, I want to know who the author is. I want to know where they went to school so that I know if it's worth my time. 
I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're reading somebody's book and they went to Rhema Bible College, remember that, R-H-E-M-A, Rhema Bible College. Let me tell you something. That is the Bible College, the college that Kenneth Hagin established. Remember Kenneth Hagin? One that says that we're little gods and he got his teaching from E.W. Kenyon, who E.W. Kenyon got it from Phineas Quimby. Hagin started his Bible college. They have graduated thousands of pastors. Do you know what the word rhema means? Rhema is an Aramaic, predominantly Greek word for the uttered word. What's that mean? Spoken word. The spoken word. It goes back to the basic teachings of Hagen, the power in the spoken word, the word of faith. You have to speak the word of faith to it to make it go away. If you've got a headache, you put your hand on your head and you tell that headache to be gone. If you've got a pain in your side, you put your hand on your what? No, you put your hand on the pain and you say, pain be gone. Now, I, I believe in praying for her headaches or whatever. I, I believe in praying for all types of sickness. But apparently Paul, Paul the Apostle Paul, didn't get the teaching that Cho got from the Buddhists and the Shintoists. He didn't get the, he didn't get the teaching or grasp that which is, was, was by Phineas Quimby, E.W. Kenyon, Copeland, Hagen. He must not have got that teaching. Because Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that he prayed to God three times to remove the thorn from his flesh. But God said, no, my grace is sufficient unto you. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Take a little bit of wine for thy stomach's sake. Because Timothy had been having stomach troubles. We see time and again that in God's Word, there were those who followed the Lord with all their hearts, so mighty being. But God in His infinite wisdom knew that God can heal immediately. In fact, I've often said that all Christians will be healed. And I believe that. All born again Christians will be healed of whatever diseases. It may be immediately. Maybe tomorrow, next week, next month. May not be till you get home in heaven where there'll be no more sadness or sickness or crying or dying for these will be of the former things and they will pass away. You see, this whole earth is infected by sin as Romans 8 tells us. The whole earth groans waiting for the redemption thereof. And so you take the writings of Paul, Young Ji Cho, Hagen, Copeland. First off, these people, Copeland... Uh, has uh, at one time I think he had three private jets. Joyce Myers had a gold toilet. Now I don't know what you would do with a gold toilet, but I'd do the same thing in a porcelain one as I would a gold one. And and, and uh, I think I'd go to the bank with that gold toilet and say, "How much can I get for this?" You know what they'd say? Get that nasty thing off her counter. A gold toilet, private jet planes. Yeah, they named it, claim it. Kenneth Copeland, you know how he came about? Kenneth Copeland was a pilot for Oral Roberts. Flew Oral Roberts around. And he was listening to all these messages and such. And, and somebody told him, he said, what you need is a set of tapes. A set of tapes of Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Copeland memorized, memorized the teachings of Kenneth Hagen word by word. Even Hagen's son would tell you that's what he did. And he started his own evangelistic situation. Why did it prosper? I'll tell you why it prospered. Peace and prosperity. Greed. People want, people, they, I will say this. 
One reason a lot of the young millennials are straying away from the church, some of the reasons are valid. For example, one reason they're valid is they see a powerless church. There's no power. They go to a church, they hear a pastor reading off his sermon. I know, I know pastors who go to the internet to get their sermons instead of spending time in prayer and being led by the Holy Spirit to prepare your message. They're repeating just, just like Copeland memorized Hagen's sermons, which were full of heresy and a twisting of Scripture out of context. We need to go to the Word of God. You see, God's Word says when you are saved, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. God's Word says you need not that any man teach you. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to be have teachers. God's, God's Word says that Paul went to every church establishing elders and teachers. And one of the gifts of the Spirit of those in leadership is to be the ability to teach. What was actually being said by that, that you need no man to teach you, there are situations that you ought to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when something bogus comes up, you recognize what it is immediately. Now the old illustration, I don't know if it's still true. I know it was true at one time, and I've used this illustration before. But I know the story is true. Uh, people that they would hire at a bank, they would teach them about counterfeit money and how to watch for counterfeit money. Well, they never let that individual touch or handle counterfeit money. You say, what? They, they're going to teach them about counterfeit money. All they allowed them to educate themselves with was the real deal, the real money. Not the, not, not the counterfeit, but the real money. And the moment that they put a counterfeit bill in their hands, they'd recognize right away that something was bogus, something wasn't right. In like manner, if you are a born-again Christian and you study, you have received with meekness the ingrat word, that you, 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 you know God's word so well that when something bogus comes up as being taught, you might not know exactly what it is, but the Holy Spirit in you will set off an alarm like, this just ain't right. That's just like my wife, Linda, when the Lord was drawing me to him. She was going to a church that's not that far from where we're standing right now. And when I would hear the pastor preach, and I was just a baby Christian, you born Christian. But when I'd hear that pastor preach, it just something wasn't right, man. Something was not kosher about this kid. He was likable. He, he was very knowledgeable. But something just wasn't kosher. So ever so often, I would ask him about certain things. And I was never satisfied with his answers. And one time he asked me to go on a trip with him to Bridgewater College to a conference. And just he and I riding up the road. And I just happened to ask him. I said, uh, his name was Weldon. I said, Weldon, let me ask you something. Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I know some of you have heard me share this before. I said, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Here's what he said. <clears throat> I believe the Bible contains the Word of God. Ah, ha. ding ling 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 that alarm. I said, you don't believe it's the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation? He said, I believe it contains the Word of God. And right away, I knew from that very moment what the problem was. Why, why I knew that something wasn't kosher with this cat. He didn't believe all the Bible. He got into transcendental meditation. He got Why? Because when you make yourself, instead of God, the authority, the final ruler of your belief and convictions instead of the Word of God, you can add anything that you want. There's a resurgence of so much New Age teaching right now. 
so many people getting into teaching such as Reiki and all this sort of thing. And there's nothing new about it. In fact, I had a professor years ago in college. He said, if anybody tells you that they have a new revelation about the Word of God, a new understanding, he said, run. Don't walk. Run. Why? Because God's Word tells us there is nothing new under the sun. And if you know if somebody's got a new teaching, a new revelation in the Bible, you better get the heck away from them. I don't care how. See, God's Word tells us in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and I truly believe we're living in the last days. God's Word tells us so clearly that in the last days they will heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, teachers who will lead them away from the truth. And that's what's happening. I know of churches, there's one church in this area it's getting a lot of millennials, young people. It's good to be young people going to church. But when you start going in, looking at their website, you can't find anything about where the church leadership, the pastor and such, has any education at all. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that everybody that preached has to have a doctor. But I do believe this. One reason there's a lot of error in the church is because of ignorance of pastors. Matt, when he was at uh, seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana, I was talking to him on the phone one day. He called while he's up there. He said, Dad, and I don't know if this is homiletics, hermeneutics class, whatever it was. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? This is, this, he said, all these, he's work, he was working on his doctorate. And so his ministers is in there. And he just happened to comment about how much time he likes to spend uh, in prayer with the Lord every morning. And correct me if I'm wrong, most, if not all, were shocked that you spent time like that, and most of them considered whatever time they used for uh, sermon preparation as their Bible study time. In other words, they weren't getting up and spending time. This is ministers, not spending time reading the Word or spending time in prayer. Is it any wonder they're propagating so much New Age? Uh, like I said before, I've written about the emergent church, the Rick Warren. I was amazed at how many churches in this area ran blindly after Rick Warren's teaching. And I've told him time again, every time that he makes a Bible reference, look in the back in the bibliography what translation he's using. I have studied the Bible most of my life in Greek and Hebrew and English for a different translations. But he will quote Bible translation I have never heard of to prove his point. There is nothing wrong with the Bible as it is. It's not hard to understand. I've had people say, it's hard to understand. No. No, if you will go to the Lord in prayer, and you will ask God to give you the ability to understand, to retain, to receive God's Word as seed that is receiving good soil that will produce deeper abiding root and spring forth and bring forth fruit, God will show you. You may not understand every aspect of it right away, but let me tell you something. You want to understand Scripture? The best commentary on Scripture is the Bible itself. And so when you have people like the Hagans and the Copelands and the Crefo Dollars and the Benny Hens and the Joyce Myers, they are taking Scripture dangerously out of context and will be using the fact that they had a vision. God, you, Let me tell you, if you want to study this more nearly and more clearly, there is an excellent book written by Hank Hanegraaff called Christianity in Crisis. Remember that. Christianity in Crisis. 
and he will document word for word some of the heresies that come out of these bogus preachers. He, he, he will, will give you word. And you see, he, they, they, they can't take him to court or anything because he documents exactly what they preached, what they said, and when they said it. What is faith? What is faith? Now, we, I know we put it Hebrews chapter 11. But remember this. Faith is a thing hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. God's Word tells us in Romans chapter 10, starting verse, verse 8 to 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For out of the heart, belief, you must believe out of your heart. You see, I know what God's Word says. I believe God's Word. I don't have to visualize anything in my mind. I, 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 I receive with meekness the engrafted word. I trust God because God is a gentleman. He cannot lie. He said, if you will receive His death, burial, resurrection as your, your sole purpose of salvation, if you trust Him in that, you give Him your life, you trust Him in that, you will be saved, God's Word tells us. If you ask for forgiveness, God's Word says, if you will ask, He will forgive you of all your sins. Not partially, not temporarily, but well, as far as the east is from the west, He will remove it from us. Faith is a beautiful thing. It's not a substance. It's not a substance. It is the sweet assurance that if God said it, it is forever settled in heaven. He said it, I believe it, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth away, but the Word of God is forever. And you don't need to take the Word of God out of context to try to make it mean something to satisfy your wants and your desires. Faith is a beautiful thing. I believe the Bible. But also remember this, that when you want to understand the Bible, you have to understand it in context. You don't take one scripture out of context. Remember earlier I said that one thing that they like to do is to take in Romans chapter 4 verse 11, that you call those things that are as though they were not. In other words, if your nose is running and you're coughing up a lung and you believe God's healed you, you pay no attention to the coughing, to the runny nose, whatever. You, you believe that that's a lie, that you really don't have, a, have it because you call those things that are as though they were not. You see, that's called lying. Lying to the world and lying to yourself. If you're coughing, you're hacking up a lung and your eyes are watering, you better go get checked out this day and time. But if you go back and look at that verse, they took it out of context because what it says just prior to that is God, God called those things that are as though they were not. That's not left up to the individual. It says it clearly, but they leave out that part. And that's exactly what they do with so much of Scripture. As I said before, they will twist Scripture to their own destruction. These are word of faith teachers that are leading people astray and breaking people's hearts and making Christians shipwreck. Now there's foolishness. Foolishness. God's Word tells us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes to the church of Galatia. He said, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has led you astray? He said, Did you learn salvation by grace or by works? And let me tell you, 
Just like what I was saying. If you have faith in your works, you have faith in yourself and not in God. Just like the diabetic says, I'm not going to take the insulin. You'll die. Because you've got faith in what you're doing and not faith in God. You've got faith in faith, not faith in God. And if you're trusting in salvation because you speak this word of faith or you just... Uh, you, in fact, there are whole denominations in this genre that will teach... If you Now listen to me. If you don't speak in tongues, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you don't speak in tongues... You are not saved. In fact, I, I give you a little hint where you can find that kind of teaching. Anytime that you see a church and its name is apostolic, apostolic, this is a group that will teach if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. When God's Word tells us so clearly in 1 Corinthians, the 4th page chapter, that this is the least of all the gifts, the least. And it's not for everybody. It's for a specific situation and a specific time for a specific person. Do I believe it exists? Yes. But does everyone have to have this least of all gifts to be saved? No. You see, God's Word says we're not saved by speaking in tongues. We are saved in belief that Jesus died for our sins and rose again on the third day. There's all, you'll have people say, oh, I have the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge. And they'll come up to me and say, God told me to tell you this, that, and the other. Well, you know what the problem with that is? God is not a gossip. He will have not told somebody else a message that he hadn't told me first. Now, if you come up to me and say, let me ask you, is God dealing with you on such and such a thing? I could say, hey, that's a confirmation of what, I, what God's been laying on my heart. But if you go up to somebody and you say, God told me to take... Let me tell you something. Every one of these uh, Word of Faith preachers, they have the vision, they have the Word of Knowledge, they have all these things. You know what God's Word says? If you claim to be a prophet and you prophesy something and it doesn't come about, you are a false prophet and you are to be stoned to death. But they get away with it time and time again and people don't call their hand on it. Why? Because of biblical ignorance. God's Word tells us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I'm not saying you have to have a, a, a degree a mile long. I'm not saying you have to have more degrees than a thermometer. God's Word study to show thyself approved a workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Do you know what that means, rightly dividing the Word of Truth? Knowing Scripture that is applicable to everything you hear, see, or do. Now, the first song I did, the words were basically, so you don't believe there's a God in heaven, but the believer says, I hear Him, I see Him, He lives in my heart. You see, the unbeliever is blinded. But if you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, sort of like the old preacher said, I know that I know that I know. I don't have to prove it to you. I know He lives. You ask me how he, I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And so many times we see these bogus, dangerous preachers. And what amazes me is the thousands of people. I'll tell you one of the worst, the most popular is Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, I'm, Joel, he got his ministry from his daddy. His daddy, John Osteen, started the church there. 
early pastor when I was a child followed John Osteen, knew him personally like crazy, and he ended up a screwed up individual. He's down in Texas now, and here just a few years ago, I was down in Texas, and I looked him up, and his theology is all screwed up. But he was following John Osteen, which is Joel's daddy. And years ago, I walked into a Christian bookstore that had a lot of the charismatic or the word of faith uh, teachers, and a little pamphlet that John had written said, write your own ticket with God. That was the name of it. Write your own ticket with God. In other words, you're a little God. Joyce Meyer says, you're having financial problems. She said, she'll tell you, look at people. Look at people. Get your checkbook out and speak to your checkbook. And tell your checkbook to be fat with, with ability to write a lot of checks. Just believe that there is money in the bank. That's sort of like the husband come home one day and he got the mail and had all these checks that were written uh, for insufficient funds by his wife. He went to her and said, Honey, what's all what's all these checks? She said, I don't understand why we don't have any money. She said, I still had plenty of checks in there. Well, that's about as stupid as what Joyce Myers teaches. So she goes on to say, Speak to your wallet. Must be a bill phone so she can open it up like that, like it's got lips talking to her. I don't know. You see, that's how crazy, because it goes back to the shamanistic, the shamanistic teaching of the power of the word of faith to speak it into existence like you are a little God yourself. In fact, they say you don't need to go to God to pray for that. You speak to it yourself. Man, that's blasphemy. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you and learn me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come before his presence with come through his gates with thanksgiving, come into his presence with praise. He says, All who come unto me, I will no wise cast out. In fact, in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, Jesus said, Nobody can even come to me unless he is drawn by the Holy Spirit. Now, when you realize that the majority of people who attend a evangelical church anywhere in the United States, that probably only about a third of those people are genuinely saved. You say, what do you base that on? George Gallup, the pollster, he made that statement in Moody Magazine. He said, you take any typical evangelical church on any Sunday morning, look out on a congregation, and there's probably only about a third of them that's actually saved. And he said, that's easy. We, had, we, we take two or 3,000 people who are involved in church, who go to a church, who memberships on the road of a church, and so we hand them out a form that says, how do you be saved? What does it mean to be saved? What role does Jesus Christ play in salvation? Do you believe in the Only a third of the people can even answer it. Only a third of the people. You'd be surprised if people have come to church for years that I thought were saved, and they'll say things like, well, my, my uh, name's on the membership roll. You can have your name on every membership roll in the United States. That won't get you to heaven. No more than walking in McDonald's makes you a big man. Let me, uh, Matt says i only got a couple minutes here. Let me share a song with you in closing. If you don't know Jesus Christ, as the Lord and Savior of your life, give that Give that serious thought as we go to the Lord.
that you want to. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. When we thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence to thank you for this day. God's word tells us, Father, we thank you for your holy word that all who come unto you are no wise cast down. Your word tells us, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally. Your word tells us not to turn to the left or to the right. Your word warns us about those who will bring false teachings in the church, and particularly that in the last days there will be false teachers among you. Let us be true to the word of God. Let us seek your face. If anyone here doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that he pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord, my God, and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate each and one of you today. Like I said, I hope and pray it's good weather next Sunday. We'll be out here again. If not, we'll work out something where we'll be uh, inside. But I already will tell everybody, please wear a mask and uh, remember the six-foot rule. Uh, it is Mother's Day next week, so we, we do want to celebrate that. God bless you all and have a great day.